Welcome back to another episode of Faith on the Go podcast. This service is from June 4th, 2023, Holy Trinity Sunday. If you enjoy this or other episodes of our podcast, please like and subscribe to our channel to get notifications when a new episode is published. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy. The first reading is from Genesis chapter 1. At the beginning of time, God the Creator, God the Powerful Word, and God the Living Spirit formed the earth and all its inhabitants. God sees that all this created work is good and then rests on the seventh day. We read, In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was a formless void, and darkness covered the face of the deep, while a wind from God swept over the face of the waters. Then God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning, the first day. And God said, Let there be a dome in the midst of the waters, and let it separate the waters from the waters. So God made the dome and separated the waters that were under the dome from the waters that were above the dome. And it was so. God called the dome sky, and there was evening and there was morning, the second day. And God said, Let the waters under the sky be gathered together in one place, and let the dry land appear. And it was so. God called the dry land earth, and the waters that were gathered together he called seas. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let the earth put forth vegetation, plants yielding seed, and fruit trees of every kind on earth that bear fruit with the seed in it. And it was so. The earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed of every kind, and trees of every kind bearing fruit with the seed in it. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning, the third day. And God said, Let there be lights in the dome of the sky to separate the day from the night, and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. And let them be lights in the dome of the sky to give light upon the earth. And it was so. God made the two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night, and the stars. God set them in the dome of the sky to give light upon the earth, to rule over the day and over the night, and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning, the fourth day. And God said, Let the waters bring forth swarms of living creatures, and let birds fly above the earth across the dome of the sky. So God created the great sea monsters and every living creature that moves of every kind with which the waters swarm and every winged bird of every kind. And God saw that it was good. God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters in the seas 
and let birds multiply on the earth. And there was evening and there was morning, the fifth day. And God said, Let the earth bring forth living creatures of every kind, cattle and creeping things and wild animals of the earth of every kind. And it was so. God made the wild animals of the earth of every kind and the cattle of every kind and everything that creeps upon the ground of every kind. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let us make humankind in our image, according to our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the wild animals of the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created humankind in his image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. God said, See, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is upon the face of the earth, and every tree with seed in its fruit, You shall have them for food. And to every beast of the earth, and to every bird of the air, and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has the breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. God saw everything that he had made, and indeed, it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all their multitude. And on the seventh day, God finished the work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all the work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and hallowed it, because on it God rested from all the work that he had done in creation. These are the generations of the heavens and the earth when they were created. This is the word of the Lord. The second reading is from 2 Corinthians chapter 13. Paul closes a challenging letter to the Corinthians with an appeal to Christian fellowship grounded in the triune harmony of Christ's grace, God's love, and the Spirit's partnership. We read, Paul writes, Finally, brothers and sisters, farewell. Put things in order. Listen to my appeal. Agree with one another. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All the saints greet you. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 28th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, 
but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. And I invite you to join me now in a word of prayer. God, we thank you for the gift of this time together, for the gift of community. And not only community, but communion of a deep connection of your love for this world, love that has issued forth in your sending your son Jesus to share our lives, that has reflected in the power of your spirit gathering us together to be his body, to live as your children, to live together with all of this amazing creation that you have made. Come to us afresh to live in that identity, to work in that power, to know you ever more closely and uh, intimately as we live in this, this amazing gift. And now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Let the church say, Amen. So we heard in that first reading God's words, let us make humankind in our image. It isn't often that we get to hear the entire creation story on a Sunday morning. Woohoo! <laughs> and I'd like to use this opportunity to reflect on what that amazing uh, reading tells us about God and about ourselves. Today is also the church's celebration of the Holy Trinity, a teaching that reflects the Bible's testimony to God's being known in relationship, despite our efforts to maintain a safe distance. Instead of the remote and isolated figure of popular imagination, the Bible insists on God's being known in the beauty and in the messiness of life, loving and engaging with a complex and complicated creation in which God delights and that God cares for deeply. The Trinity ponders life's meaning in the rhythm of relationships, the relationships suggested by things like creativity, by speaking and listening, by mutual trust and faithfulness. These are things that involve vulnerability, risk, and courage. Attributes that we may not apply to an all-powerful, all-knowing God. The creation account that we heard reminds us that Humankind, you and me, 
were created in God's image. And while some may have been quick to capitalize on any advantage that this might imply, we've been slow to realize its meaning for the relationship that we share with this world that God loves. Rather than being made in God's image, we have attempted to make God in our own, using God as justification for individual ends. How might we recover a more life-giving approach? It doesn't take long to appreciate the complexity of the world that's described in the Bible's first chapter. Even from an ancient, pre-scientific perspective, the life we share is described here as deeply interconnected and mysteriously beautiful. Although I didn't excel at science when I was in school, I find myself continually drawn to the work of scientists who peer into this mystery, discovering ever-deepening complexity and beauty the further they look. It's sobering to think that even as we know so little about our world, many of its facets are disappearing right before our eyes. Being created in God's image has been misappropriated by a worldview that puts God up at the pinnacle of self-interest, kind of the ultimate expression of self-interest, of doing whatever you want. If God is on your side, according to that line of thinking, then you have justification for whatever serves your interests. And our history has shown some atrocious examples of how far we are willing to take that. From dehumanizing and owning other people to wanton destruction of our planet and things like war and even genocide of wiping out entire races of people. It's a far reach from the beautiful description of creation offered in Genesis, but those very words have been plucked from their context to justify this, to justify subjugation of others, exploitation of the earth's bounty, and a refusal to assume the integral role entrusted to us by God. This deep trust that God gives to you and me is preceded by a blessing. God blesses us. But one only needs to look at human history to see how our interpretation of this vocation has become not a blessing, but a curse. If being made in God's image means that God is just like me, there's little hope of moving beyond all those things that set us against one another, that separate us from one another, and alienate us from our connection to this long-suffering earthly home. But church, what if this image, the image of God, included all life? especially those expressions that are most different 
from me, that are most different from me? What if I cannot know God outside of the diverse cultures, experiences, customs, and outlooks that comprise our common humanity? Or the diverse skin colors, languages, practices, and identities. Endless variations on the question of what it means to be human. That I don't have all the answers just right here within myself or in my narrow group. If I'm going to really know God, i got to look there. I've got to look there. What if there was not a single correct expression, which is just like me, of course, that is closest to God, most accurate, the best way of understanding God, but rather that God delighted in the variations, the adaptations, the discoveries, the possibilities, the vast array of expressions and the blessings of life's flourishing for all, for everyone, for all that God has created. What if we treated not just other people, but the earth itself in this way? Wow. Is there something kind of revolutionary in this Bible that we've been reading all along? <laughs> a little unsettling? A little different? Maybe. We just might discover, church, something more powerful than the mightiest empire, something more persistent than those problems nagging at us and confronting us day in and day out, and more hopeful than the threat of war, of violence, of coercion, of forcing your way, defining enemies. When the Apostle Paul described the source of this new life, he used words like grace, love, and communion, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit. And in the midst of their confusion and their doubt, the risen Jesus sent his disciples to all nations, Nations refers to those divisions that we set. <laughs> All those little ways that we define ourselves and describe ourselves. Wait, you're not one of us. You're not part of my group. He sent them to all nations, to the divided and troubled world that we've marked off for ourselves, to share his gift of God revealed <clears throat> in our humanity, promising to be with them always. Today, as we welcome Jim and Kathy, Lynn and Jackie, Patricia, Laura, and Connie, we also recommit ourselves together to God's dream of a world alive in the power of grace, the power of love, the power of communion. You are joined to the goodness begun by God and brought to fulfillment 
in the love that has conquered death. Amen.